This is our second session on 2 Timothy 2, 8 to 10, and I promised that I would address this time something that it took me about an hour of staring at this text and thinking about it to see that's found in these words, the word of God is not bound, combined with this word right here. So, Father, as we try to understand the glorious power and freedom of the Word of God, the gospel, running free, even though Paul's in prison, and nevertheless, somehow Paul himself being the means of its running free, show us. Show us the power of the Word and our role in it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember Jesus Christ. So he's telling Timothy, remember Jesus Christ. Remember that he is risen from the dead. Have him in your daily, hourly consciousness that he is alive from the dead and can never die again and therefore is triumphant. And he is the offspring, son of David, that is the long-expected messianic Jewish king of Israel, and since he's alive from the dead and has conquered death, he's no average king. He is now king of all kings, and this Davidic king of Israel becomes the king of the universe, so that all of it is taken into his sway because no other king and no other force, no other power can defeat a deathless king that has triumphed over sin and death. All of that is preached in Paul's gospel. So remember that, Jesus Christ, as I preached it to you. And then he tells him, I am suffering for this, bound with chains. And so, yes, Timothy, there will be a a cost to your remembering Jesus this way and making him so central in your life. Nevertheless, but... The word of God is not bound. I am bound. The word of God is not bound. Now, at this point, I was assuming for a long time, so an hour, I said, (laughs) at least, and lots of time before that when I had read this text, I was assuming that the point here is that, let's put it down. I'm going to put first alternative I'm going to write here. I don't think is accurate, and then I'll put another one at the bottom. I was assuming that what this means, the word of God is not bound, even though I'm in prison, is that uh, the word runs triumphantly in spite of Paul's suffering. And in a sense, that's right. In spite of is right, but it's not, it's not what this text is emphasizing. It's not right. There's something wrong with this. See, I was assuming all he was saying was, Timothy, even though I'm in jail, the Word of God isn't in jail, and it's quite a matter of indifference whether I'm in jail or not, because the Word is going to get the job done quite apart from my agency. I could just die and the Word of God would go on and get it done. Now, 
the reason that proved to be an inadequate understanding of this text is because I kept reading, and you're paying attention to all these connections. He says, therefore, because the Word of God is not bound, I endure everything. So this suffering and being bound with chains and being treated like a criminal is this everything here. I suffer all this for the sake of the elect, which means his imprisonment is somehow going to have a bearing on the elect and their salvation. So I suffer all this that, and there's the key word, in order that, I suffer this in order that they may obtain salvation And that salvation is in the Jesus Christ who is in the gospel here, the preaching of the gospel as one who is risen from the dead and is the king of kings. So the the elect must hear this gospel about Jesus Christ risen from the dead and the king of kings in order for them to receive salvation and the eternal glory that goes with it, which means that it's not right to say that the word runs triumphantly in spite of Paul's suffering when he says he's suffering, he endures everything that the salvation might come to the elect. So it's not just in spite of, it's because of. My, my enduring everything for the sake of the elect is the means by which that they may obtain salvation. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put alternative number two down here, and it's going to go like this. The word of God runs triumphantly because... One, A, Paul suffers, suffered, let's put it past tense, suffered to bring it, to bring the word. The word had to, had to get somewhere so it could run and do its work. And the word of God runs triumphantly because Paul's suffering confirms and uh, the the truth and worth of the truth of, of the gospel and thus and thus advances it. And I'm I'm thinking there of Philippians 1, where it says, Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, and he's talking about being in prison in Rome, what has happened to me has served to advance the gospel. So my being in prison has served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So it, it, my imprisonment became known as being for Christ. And so since my imprisonment is for Christ, it's helping to advance the gospel. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, that's what I mean by it's showing the, it's confirming the truth and the worth of the gospel. When they see Paul's imprisonment, they're made more confident in the word of truth, and they are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So back to 
this text. When it says that the word of God is not bound, we should not think that the word can do its work without a suffering agent. Because Paul says, I endure everything for the sake of the elect in order that by my enduring everything, in order that by my enduring everything, they may obtain salvation because that salvation is in Jesus Christ who is coming to them by my gospel. So I brought the gospel and by my imprisonment, I confirm the worth and truth of the gospel. And therefore, we should never think that the word is so free that it can jump over oceans without a human being taking it. So free that it will do its work without a, holy, without a, a spirit-filled person suffering for its sake.